You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back, everyone. This is the wide receiver and tight end matchups episode. I went over some quarterbacks and running backs in yesterday's episode, so make sure to check that out. Uh, it was a short one, uh, so it won't take you too long to get an idea of the quarterback and running back landscape going into week four uh but we got to talk about the lions packers game from last night zach the biggest contention is with jameer gibbs usage yeah. right or lack high of i should say um but zach dude like how high is the panic meter on your and i'm not i'm not for jameer gibbs right now I, i'm not hugely panicking you know obviously it seems like it's easy to say yep it's a 10 on the panic meter on a one to 10 10 being worse it's easy to say 10 i'm gonna go ahead and say five because we did kind of see this as a possibility i'm more pissed off than panicked if that makes sense because we've seen this story before yeah. it happened last year with deandre swift and dave Monca, uh, jamal williams sorry and dave montgomery is becoming this is the second coming of jamal williams in this offense now i think dave montgomery is a little bit better than jamal williams just if you look at him objectively i think dave montgomery is he's still a good running back but what has people most riled up is the fact that Jameer Gibbs was drafted so high and we heard all this hype coming into the season about how he's going to be used, and it's not matching at all what we heard. And we saw it last night, too. What is David Montgomery doing getting 32 carries? <laughs> I mean, I know it was a positive game script, but you have two very good running backs. It's not like Jameer Gibbs can't run the ball. <laughs> you know, He's good at catching the ball, but he should get some carries, too. He had four targets last night. David Montgomery, you mentioned it before I, th- I think in the one post that we're putting out like why is he getting targets over jameer gibbs even in a positive game script like if you're gonna be running a screen route you're gonna put you're gonna put jameer gibbs out there if you're gonna be running any type of route in the backfield just move the ball forward uh nice and conservatively you want it to be jameer gibbs but it hasn't been the case i'm not panicking i'm definitely concerned i'm not panicking i still want him on my team um jameer gibbs but i'm just pissed off more than anything <laughs> this was definitely the worst possible game script for Gibbs. You know, they went to locker room at halftime 27 to 3. Okay. This is a David Montgomery game script the whole way through. Like, we know that. Okay. And, you know, we did a lot of podcasts this summer, Zach. And, you know, we knew what these roles were going to look like for the most part. Now, it hasn't 
quite shaken that way. Like, but we knew that David Montgomery was going to be the early down back. We knew that he was going to be the goal line back. And we knew that he was going to be running some routes and early downs, and that's fine. Uh, but Gibbs is sitting in at only 20% of the rushing attempts, you know, when Montgomery's in, you know, not moving past the 50% route participation mark, which is key for him to get those targets. And, you know, we need him to get to like 65% route participation. That's what we need. Okay. And that's without him getting more work in the run game. Now, if he gets like 40% of the rushes, that would be ideal. Um, because then at that point, he'll be like a low end RB1, right? He is getting right. targeted at a very high rate when he's out there. 36% targets per route run last night. But, you know, he ran less routes than David Montgomery. Okay. Uh, 26% route, uh, you know, routes, uh, targets per route run coming into last night. But we need more routes. Okay. If we get more routes, we're sitting pretty. But it's just not looking great at the moment. And we also need more intricate routes. Right? Like, not just like these, like, you know, go five yards and turn around type of routes. Right? Like, how is Montgomery getting targeted on swing routes? right now right um now you're just trolling us at this point right so i know it's frustrating i don't want to sell jameer gibbs for peanuts okay i either bench him or i lower my expectations continue to start him as a, as a low-end rb2 that's where i'm downgrading him to at this point um so because there's a good chance you cannot sell J, you know jameer gibbs for good value right now so i probably hold there could be somebody like a 3-0 team that's willing to to do something and they have the ability to be patient um, and they're willing to give you some something legit for Jameer Gibbs. If that's the case and you need some wins, I totally understand. You you, you don't have the uh, luxury to be patient. I, I get that. So to so go for it, you can trade away Gibbs, but just know that he will have some upside later. Now, I, I want to say something about Montgomery getting all this work, right? Like he had what he had 32 carries in this game or something crazy, yeah, like ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not surprised, man. Like I, I don't look at this situation as like the lines are up all game. And I don't want them to give. I mean, even if I had Gibbs in my fantasy team, like I would want Gibbs to get some of that work. But like, who do they really, really need, right, in this offense? Like down the stretch, right? When in the games that are close, in the games that they need to win, who do they need? They need Jimmy Gibbs, man. They don't need David Montgomery. Okay. Like, David Montgomery is not somebody who, he's not the reason why the Lions won last night. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not mm-hmm. the reason they won. Now, he happened to be the one toting the rock, but it's not like he was, like, making crazy plays or anything like that. That's not He's not why they won. He's a good goal line back, sure. But Jamal Williams was a good goal line back last year, and look at him now. Okay? Replaceable. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs is not replaceable, right? So when they get to a certain point in the season, I think they're going to start using Jameer Gibbs a specific way. And why show anything with Jameer Gibbs right now? You know, like when you're up by so many points and you you have the game locked down, you know, so right. it, it just sucks the way that this is unfolding. It's frustrating and uh, it's just unfortunate for anyone who has Jameer Gibbs on their fantasy team. Yeah, very unfortunate. And I think like you just touched on it there, like it's unfortunate, but like you would be lying if you said you didn't see this as like in the range of outcomes what we're seeing so far right <laughs> right, right because right. It, we exactly. know what this coaching staff does they did it last year with deandre swift and and um jamal williams and like everybody was hoping this would be the time they they change course because they drafted him in the first round jameer gibbs and if you saw the video of them in the war room it was like they were so excited about this pick <laughs> like you'd be thinking yeah. there would be more substance to that than just the, what they showed you know like it would show up on field that excitement but it's not but I also agree with you, too. You mentioned, like, the Lions, they've been in pretty positive game scripts. Even last week, you know, they were up 
and Jameer Gibbs got the rushing work. He didn't get a whole lot of receiving work. That's what we're kind of pounding the table for right now. And it's next week too. Yeah, next week they got the Panthers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it's it's just ridiculous. Like until we see a truly like negative or very close competitive game script, you know that isn't week one against the Chiefs because they were. So supposedly limiting his work just while he gets acclimated until we see that moving forward it's going to be more of these performances the only thing you have going for you is that at least he's consistent i think he's put up like nine points three out of four weeks like you know what you're getting at this point he's not leaving you completely hanging so that's one thing if you want to hang your hat on something right now you could maybe do that but also with the trade talk about trading for jameer gibbs he's a buy but i think only if you're winning because at this point, Agreed. it might take a little while for him to you know, turn things around in terms of produc- production. And if you're a team that's losing, like, don't go swinging for Jameer Gibbs thinking you're going to get this all-world talent when you're not doing good enough already. <laughs> you, know, you need to fill some holes in your roster. Jameer Gibbs isn't going to be able to do that in a short turnaround right now. I'm, I'm thinking three or four weeks out, I'm kind of forecasting him to have maybe a larger role, hopefully. That is the hope. Yes, yes, I, I I would agree with that. And by the way, you know we shouldn't be surprised with Montgomery's role. Like I said, he's playing the role we thought he would play as the primary early down back. He's just running more routes than I thought he would. Um, and remember when we told you to take the over on David Montgomery's six and a half rushing touchdown mark on the season on underdog? Yes, it was set at six and a half. Okay, on underdog, his rushing touchdown line, and we told you to take the over before the season. And guess what? He's already at five touchdowns. Okay, through four weeks. Uh, he, he didn't even play last week. Okay, so you can still get in on the action this Sunday. There are a ton of pickups to choose from. You know, Jerome Ford, over 13 and a half rushing attempts at home against Baltimore, kind of like that one. James Cook, over 56 and a half rushing yards at home against Miami, kind of like that one too. If you're a new user on Underdog and use the code UPPERHAND, when you sign up, you'll get a free pick to help you get closer to winning on your entry. And that free pick this week, Patrick Mahomes, getting over one single yard for you. That's all you need. Uh, Not only that, but your first deposit will be doubled up to $500. Uh, This is a limited time deal that's usually sitting at $100. But if you throw in $500, you're getting an extra $500 for free to work with. If you throw in $100, you get an extra $100. Uh, but the minimum is only $10. So if you do throw in the $10, you will get an extra $10 to work with if you want to try it out. Okay, so make sure to use the code UPPERHAND and download the Underdog Fantasy Sports app today. Back to the game real quick. Unfortunately, Aaron Jones came back to not do do much in this game. Hardly played in the first half. Only 35% of snaps. That's not going to get it done. Um, seems like he was still limited in this one. Same with Christian Watson. He ended up saving your day with that touchdown, wide open touchdown. If you had the cojones to start him, you know, he, he saved your day with that. He only, he ran less than 50% uh, of routes, okay, uh, on Jordan Love's drop back. So he was still working his way way back. He should hopefully get closer to 100% in week five. Uh, but Romeo Dubs was the one who came through on 13 targets in this one while Watson was, Watson was ramping his way back. I think Christian Watson remains a buy low. You still have an opportunity if you weren't able to just yet. Uh, and maybe we can start asking about you know Aaron Jones as well uh, if you don't have those guys rostered. Yeah, I think what we got from Christian Watson was like acceptable if you started him. I know I started him. I yeah. had Romeo Dobbs and Christian Jod, uh, Watson, and I was like between them, I wasn't sure who I wanted. And I ended up put, um, putting in Christian Watson. He did save me. I'll give you that. But Romeo Dobbs, he got the majority of the targets. We heard coming into the week, 
that they were going to kind of work Christian Watson in. So I don't think anybody was like too taken aback by like, oh, well, Christian Watson, he got severely out-targeted, you know, by Romeo Dobbs. That's not going to be the case, I think, moving forward as he gets healthier. This was his first week back and his first game this season. So once Christian Watson's back in the swing of things, he should, I think, take over as a clear wide receiver one here in Green Bay. And then going on to Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones was doing his best A.J. Dillon impression. Obviously, it was unlimited work, but there wasn't a whole lot going on there. Neither None of the Packers running backs were useful last night, and that comes also from being in a totally negative game script the whole time and you're not gonna be able to do much as Aaron Jones if he's he didn't look like 100% it didn't seem like they were treating Aaron Jones as 100% even though they played him in this game um if this were Sunday if this were a Sunday game maybe Aaron Jones might have played a little better but the fact is it was on a Thursday so they took it easy with him um I'm not worried about Aaron Jones at all there's nothing to be concerned about just wait for him to get healthy and he should be back up and running for the rest of the season. But until that happens, you know, this is the type of production that we might see, especially with the way the game went last night. And I would expect this type of production when any running back goes up against the Detroit Lions. I would look That's at fair. the Detroit Lions up there with Tennessee and all these other elite rushing defenses because they have been putting clamps on running backs this year. And it started on the low. It started in the second half of last year. And they're just getting better this year. All right. This is a good Lions team, man. All around defense, yeah. offense is looking pretty good. All right. Um, oh, yeah. And I want to mention Luke Musgrave. He had a great matchup on deck, dude, but he ended up getting concussed in the first half. He was on the field for every snap before he left the game. Who knows if he'll play next week? Unfortunate. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's get into some wide receivers for this week. We have the usual suspects at the top of the wide receiver rankings. You, you know you know who you're starting in that upper echelon. I did move Keenan Allen up to my wide receiver three on the week. You know, his usage is just bananas right now. Mike Williams is out for the year. So 32% target share for Allen on the year right now. He's just balling out. Okay. Um, I have Diggs, Adams, Jamar Chase up there, obviously. Um, Olave, I have him at seven against Tampa. Uh, I'm not sure that most people have realized this, but Olave has been running a lot more routes from the slot this year. Uh, he's still the he's still primary perimeter, but 42% of his routes from the slot this year so far. He's going to avoid Carlton Davis a good amount, although Davis hasn't really been lights out this year anyway. But Tampa is giving up the 10th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers and the second most to wide receivers who line up on the left perimeter. And Olave has run 63% of his routes from those spots so far this year. He's averaging 100 receiving yards per game, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. And I think that's coming. Could be this week. Jameis Winston's going to be heaving that rock down the field at him. We, we know that for sure. Yeah. And could that increase his touchdown upside? Maybe. You know, the Saints offense hasn't been explosive. It's been good enough, you know, to get them some wins. They kind of cooled off at the end of the game last week against the Packers. You know, obviously they allowed the comeback, didn't do a whole lot of scoring, any scoring at all, I don't think, in the second half. 
But um, with Jameis Winston, a quarterback, I think they're going to be fine. We talked about this a little bit earlier this week on the podcast. I think that Derek Carr and Jameis Winston are very similar in that they want to push the ball downfield. Um, Jameis Winston, he's going to spread the ball out, I think, a little bit more. But I'm not worried about Chris Olave at all. You mentioned those touchdowns coming. I think that's definitely something that we can expect sooner rather than later for Chris Olave because he's still – He's looking like one of the best receivers in the league, not just like, you know, second year receivers. We talk about the breakouts that he could have um, him, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, not only out of those guys, obviously he's having the best season, but just among wide receivers in general, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's one of the top graded players overall in the NFL right now mm -hmm. on PFF. Like he's doing his thing and he's getting those targets. The way he's producing is actually really encouraging because he's had three like good performances without touchdowns. And if you can get that on a weekly basis, like you're getting it with Chris Olave, when those touchdowns do come, we're talking like wide receiver one, two finishes on the week if you can get those. So I'm in on Chris Olave this week. And the matchup against the Buccaneers, they just got torn up in the rain <laughs> by A.J. Brown. Um, so I, I think that he has a good shot of coming through this week. I'm with you, man. I have Puka Nakua at number eight this week among all wide receivers. He's in a pretty good spot this week, isn't he? Yeah, he's in a fantastic spot. But don't you find it hilarious that Puka Nakua, he had his first quiet game of his career in week three, and people were up in arms about him not coming through for them? Like, <laughs> this is a guy that spotted you 30 points that you weren't supposed to have right off the gun in week two. And I'm not even going to say anything about week one because nobody had him in their lineup in week one unless they were really desperate. He had 21 points that week, too. So this is a guy, like I said, we talked about him. You weren't supposed to have this value, but now you do. You can't get upset over one matchup. But the scenario that you're walking into right here with Puka Nakua, this is a guy that's got a 33% target share in the season, 31% air yard share, going into a matchup against the Colts defense that's allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers so far. And remember, can you name any Colts corner off the top of your head right now? Go. No, you can't. Yes, <laughs> I can. Oh, who you got? Who you got? I got, um, let's see. Nope, I can't. Dallas, Dallas. Nope. Isn't there? Isn't Dallas there, don't Flowers, they have a, yes. Dallas That's the Flowers, only one that you can remember because I think but he's he banged up. I think I'm not mistaken. Something like that. <laughs> They're very young and they've allowed a lot of points already so far. Puka, he is not just a utilization king. Like you can look at receivers who have these utilizations, like 33% target share, 31% area yard share. You can see that on fantasy life, you know, awesome tools over there. Looking at the game log, you can see every week. Um, but he's not just a utilization king. He's turned that opportunity into production. He's leading all rookies in yards per route run right now at 2.68, which is also good for ninth in the NFL overall among all wide receivers. And he's been, for a back, lack of a better turn, the poor man's Cooper Cup. <laughs> and Stafford's dropping it back, dropping back the pass at the third highest rate in the NFL. I mean, you can't tell me there's anything not to like about this matchup. Last week, he was a little bit... He, he didn't come through so much. Matthew Stafford was a little off, but he was also coming off of that. They called it an oblique injury, something like that. He should be healthier this week going into a great matchup. If Puka Nakura should go back to doing the things that we saw him do in the first two weeks. And by the way, um, things aren't super optimistic when it comes to Cooper Cup's return. It does yeah, not look like he's coming back it. week five. It's not. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Like, we're not hearing anything. And it turns yeah. out that we did hear something yesterday. And it wasn't ideal. And they're hoping that Cooper Cup can come back at some point, was the words. And that's the not hope. what you want to yeah. hear. We want to hear, yeah, he's on track to make his return week five. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, he might need another week. Not we're hoping that this is going to be okay. And yeah. if you have Cooper Cup and you've been banking on him coming, week, coming back week five, this is not 
ideal at all. No. So, I think, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think you have to go into week five assuming you're not going to have him. That's what I would yeah. do. Because then you cover your bases, and if you end up having him, then that's fine. But you can't assume that he's going to be back at this point with the report that we just heard. I guess I'm starting Adam Thielen for the rest of the season in my Yahoo League. Oh, well. Yeah, we I went against Andy Austin Eckler. I, I went against – check this out. Check this out. I went against Austin Eckler in that league last year, last week. Okay? All right. Austin Eckler kept – remember the 49ers played on Thursday night? Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler kept Brandon Ayuk in his lineup. He didn't set his lineup, and he left him in. Okay? Mm. He got zero. Ayuk got a zero, obviously, because he didn't play. Right. I still lost. <laughs> hey, that, that's still fantasy lost, football Zach. for you. That's fantasy football I for still you. Lost. We had that happen in my one other league. I had another <laughs> guy who he didn't change. He changed out. He missed two players in his lineup. And he started miraculously Devon A chain. <laughs> Unbelievable. He, if he didn't have Devon A chain, he would have finished with like 70 points on the week. <laughs> But he had Devon Aging by some miracle Did he win? in his lineup. Yes, he won because he had Devon Aging. But he was missing two That's guys so in his good. lineup. That was actually my cousin. Oh my God. Hilarious. He's listening to this. Hilarious. You know, I'm just shutting That's you really out right good. there. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good, man. Oh my God. All right. About the wide receivers. I have AJ Brown at nine. Uh, I had Amon Ross sitting at 10 coming into Thursday night. He ended up saving a night with the touchdown. I, I did predict him to go under 72 and a half receiving yards last night on underdog. That one worked out. This is three games in a row now where Amon Ra went under 60 yards receiving against the Packers. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on there. Um, all right. So moving out of our top 10, let's talk about some matchups that we like this week outside the usual suspects. If Debo Samuel plays, I want him in my lineup this week. We talked about the man zone splits between him and Ayuk. Arizona plays zone at a 65% clip. So that's considered high. So that would favor Debo, which is why I have him ranked as my wide receiver 15 on the week. So pretty high for him. Uh, he is dealing with a rib and a knee injury, so kind of banged up. There is a chance he doesn't play, but we'll see. Um, he did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so and if he doesn't play, Ayuk and Kittle would obviously get a bump uh, if he were to be out. Okay. Um, I have DK Metcalf at 13 this week against the Giants. I'm really interested in this matchup against Deontay Banks, which is, you know, who is the Giants' first round rookie corner. He's been playing very well over the first three weeks of the season. Uh, he's allowed the third least fantasy points to wide receivers running routes on his side of the field. Um, and that is where Metcalf gets most of his run from. Um, this is still a behemoth of a man. Um, you know, pause as, as, as my, my <laughs> underdog uh, guy, Cameron, would say uh, in DK Metcalf. So I'm not really worried. I'm just interested to see if Banks, you know, is a corner that we might need to worry about moving forward because he did show some good things in the first few weeks of the season. Right, he did. And I, I'm not too worried about DK Metcalf in this matchup. Geno Smith, the thing for me that's most encouraging about DK, DK Metcalf moving forward is that Geno Smith has looked more like Geno Smith the past two weeks. That first week, I was a little worried, especially against the Rams. I was like, I don't know, you know, this could it be a flash in a pan? Geno Smith put those worries to rest pretty quickly. He's back to throwing at a high volume. He threw 26 pass attempts in week one, and now he's up to 36 and 41 over the past two weeks. That's exactly what we like to see. I still have my quips about the way they're using Jackson Smith and the Jigba. We'll talk about that some other time because it's just stupid the way they're using him right now. But Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, you know, you mentioned he has a good matchup against Deontay Banks. We'll see how it goes. I, I think that DK Metcalf can be started this week, and you don't really have to worry about him because he's getting the targets that we like to see. 
I have T. Higgins at 14 this week. I really like him against Tennessee. Joe Burrow isn't at 100%, but he's probably doing better this week than he was last week, and Jamar Chase had a great day last week. Uh, 85% of Higgins' routes are run on the perimeter, and the Titans have given up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers so far through three games. According to Fantasy Life data, he's at his usual 24% target share for the season. That's the same exact target share he's had all of last season. So despite a couple of bad games, don't get cute with it, okay? Make sure Higgins is in your lineup because we could see a repeat of what we saw against Baltimore in week two. Yeah, and this has been the nature of T. Higgins' production. You know it's not going to be like perfectly consistent, but when he has those big games, he's winning you your week. That's just the way it is. And Jamar Chase, having him on the other side, has caused that somewhat. The only thing that worries me a little bit with T. Higgins is obviously the way Joe Burrow's playing. He looked a little bit better. He should be a little bit healthier. He looked a little bit better last week. He should be a little bit healthier this week. The matchup, like, do you think the matchup offsets that concern right now? Because the Titans, yeah, they're allowing a lot so. of points. Like, I think there's so. a give and take there. And I'm exactly. looking at T. Higgins, and yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm not sure I like Joe Burrow, but at this point, like, can you bet against him? At some point, Joe Burrow's going to turn things around and look like Joe Burrow. And if it's this week in a good matchup against the Titans, not only does it have a higher probability of it happening because it's a good matchup this week, but if it does, you know, Joe Burrow can really capitalize and T Higgins is going to be a big part of that. So I, I agree with you here. I'm just a little hesitant, more hesitant. I might have him a little bit lower than 14, but there's no problem on my end for me. If I look at this and say like 14 is not out of the range of outcomes here for T Higgins. The reason why he's at 14, to be honest with you, is to make sure that, pe that people know that he should be in your lineup. Like, don't even think about it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's too right. much upside <laughs> there. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's too much upside for him to be on my bench. Like, even though I might be wary and all that kind of stuff, which I am. I'm not mm -hmm. like, I don't think this is a slam dunk by any means. But like, make sure he's in your lineup because the upside is too too much to like leave off, leave, uh, leave um, you know, out of your lineup this week. Um, yeah. Now, I have one request for everybody listening. If you can take out just a second to go hit and hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app, that would be amazing. Uh, it would mean the world, and it really helps us out a ton. So, uh, And also, if you have the time, rating and reviewing the podcast would mean the world as well. Uh, a lot of questions around Calvin Ridley, uh, and we do, you know, like we also have some questions, right? Uh, I have him ranked as my wide receiver 16 for the week. He's going up against Atlanta. Revenge game. Revenge oh, yeah. game for Calvin Ridley. Um, unfortunately, the Falcons have been pretty good against wide receivers so far this year they're allowing the six least fantasy points uh the thing is the falcons haven't really faced crazy competition on the perimeter right and which is where they've been more, most stout at this point panthers they play the packers the lions right you, you know for the lions like amon Ra runs most of his routes in the slot the panthers their best receiver adam Thielen runs most of his routes out of the slot so not the best matchup in the world i did downgrade him to a wide receiver two this week because of his performances over the last couple weeks um so we'll see how he fares uh but i think he should be in lineups though like regardless like we do want yeah. that 18 percent target share that we saw each of the last two weeks to come up you know after he had that 34 35 target share in week one it was looking so promising um right. i think he can he can bounce back at some point if it's not this week you know hopefully next week but i think at some point he's gonna at least at the very least be a high and wide receiver too right yeah uh, I think that's how he should be ranked. And then you look at Calvin Ridley, you mentioned that target share has come down a little bit. The offense overall has just not looked good. And like I, I keep going back to this with the Jaguars. I think it's going to turn around. And they're in this funk right now. Trevor Lawrence, he's playing good, but they're just having like these bad, these bad streaks of just 
bad calls, bad outcomes for these plays, like a bunch of drop touchdowns in week two against the Chiefs. Like all this stuff is happening. It's going to get corrected as the season moves forward. And Calvin Ridley, I'm not worried about him at all. You know, you mentioned him, the 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 Falcons, who they have allowed some of the lowest fantasy points to receivers. I think that's something that's it's like fake. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily yeah. indicative fake of news. Fake news. what they're doing. It's not, yeah, fake news. You could go like that. But what you're seeing <laughs> is a lot better than, you know, what we might see after this game. I don't, I agree that the Falcons haven't been tested on the outside. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best quarterback they've played against yet this season. Obviously against the Panthers, against Bryce Young, you know, you're not really scared of him if you're the, if the, uh, if you're the Falcons in week one. Jordan Love, he had a quiet game in the one, a relatively quiet game in the uh, game against the Falcons. And then also Jared yeah. Goff last week, it was just positive game script, so they didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot. I think that all contributes to that number kind of being a little inflated in terms of how good they are against wide receivers. And this could be a matchup where they're exposed a little bit here. And like you said, maybe there's something to be said for the revenge game aspect of it for Calvin Ridley. I don't think it was, I don't think there's like bad blood between them, but I think definitely here playing against his old team, he has a shot to turn things around. I think he's going to kill it. Revenge game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper's at 19 for me this week. Another good matchup at home against Baltimore. Their secondary is banged up still. They've given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers so far through three games. Uh, I have Elijah Moore down at 40, so he's a solid flex play this week with Marlon Humphrey still not practicing. And Elijah Moore did get nine targets last week. He, call, he caught all nine of those targets. He's at a 25% target share on the year, according to Fantasy Life Utilization Report. So kind of sneaky moving forward. Uh, if Deshaun Watson starts playing well like he did last week, we could see Elijah emerge as a more reliable option. And on a per-route basis, Elijah's averaging more targets than Amari Cooper right now. But overall, you know, Baltimore has given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year. So Cooper is a great play. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And it's interesting for me, you look at Elijah Moore, he had a pretty decent target share, you know, the first two weeks. He had 23 and 22, according to Fantasy Life right here, and jumped to 29 last week. But what changed when he got that jump in target share was his air yard share. It went from 24 and 29 the first two weeks down to five. <laughs> like, they weren't yep. targeting. He was, it was all underneath stuff. It was all in the backfield, that kind of stuff. It was, there was nothing going on downfield for Elijah Moore. I think he has that in his game. So I'd like to see that you know, continue moving forward like they did in the first two weeks. I'm not too worried about that not happening. I think they will get back to that. But Amari Cooper is still the play here. He's the wide receiver one, clearly. But Elijah Moore, he's looking like that second option in the receiving game, which is really encouraging. You know, we were talking about that coming into the season. Could he be that? It looks like they're using him the way that Jets should have when he was with them in New York. Because Elijah Moore, he's got the talent, 100%. And the way that the offense looks for the Browns, I think they're still working through some things. Deshaun Watson's still getting back up to speed, but last week was definitely encouraging. You know, obviously it was a good matchup for him last week, but if Deshaun Watson can keep playing like he did last week, which still isn't even his ceiling, we've seen that, you know, those years with the Texans, he's not even close to being at that point yet. If he can continue to improve, Elijah Moore could become more reliable as a starter moving forward. I think we could see him higher than 40 in a uh, few rankings, you know, moving forward. Agreed, man. Uh, I really like Jacoby Myers this week as well. It, it really hinges on whether Jimmy G plays or not. Uh, he did get a limited practice on Thursday. You know, he's still in the concussion protocol, though. So, but getting a limited practice on Thursday is a good sign. We'll see what happens today. Uh, still up in the air at this point, though. Uh, we mentioned earlier this week in the buy sell episode to go get Jacoby. Okay, thirty-eight percent target share, twenty-seven percent target share, and this week against Jack and against the Chargers, 
who've been giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, uh, lining up on the right side, and the second most to slot wide receivers. And Jacoby runs 79% of his routes combined from those two spots. Okay, so needless to say, he has a pretty good matchup this week. I have him at wide receiver 23, uh, but I would move him down just a little bit if Jimmy doesn't go. Yeah, I agree with you here. I think it does hinge on Jimmy Garoppolo playing. I think he has a chance to play, if I'm not mistaken. I saw a report that he was practicing he does. this week. Yes, so exactly. That's encouraging, definitely. This is exactly the type of matchup you want, like you mentioned, with Jacoby Myers, especially if Jimmy G goes. like He's going to continue to play well. The concern is if a backup would come in, like Brian Hoyer or uh, Aiden O'Connell, like if one of them would come in, they're probably going to key in on their top weapon, which is going to be Devontae Adams. I'm not worried about Devontae Adams in this matchup at all. Fantastic matchup for him. He's going to be fine. But Jacoby Myers, he's going to be good if Jimmy G plays. Like you mentioned, I think the floor is a little lower if Jimmy G doesn't play because I'm not sure they're going to key in on Jacoby Myers like they would uh, Devontae Adams. But I'm with you on this one. And with the buy thing, we talked about it on the episode before. We don't have to reiterate it. Like Jacoby Myers, it's not new for him to be you know, demanding targets. He's been doing this his whole time, the whole time in his career, even on a bad Patriots offense. 100%. And uh, so I have Nico Collins and Tank Dell back-to-back in my rankings, Zach. What do you think right. of these two guys this week? So I, I think it's hard not to love them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not just for fantasy, but just in general. And having them back-to-back, I think, makes sense because they both have like this element to their game that's different than the other. Nico Collins is usually the deep yeah. threat, and Tank Dell is usually the guy underneath running intermediate routes. That role kind of switched last week. But I think that's just going to keep happening moving forward. Not only did the Texans have a great matchup against the Steelers this week, is they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers, but CJ Stroud, he's also drop, dropping back at the second highest rate of any quarterback in the NFL. And his 140 dropbacks are the most in the NFL, you know, as of week three. Obviously, last night, the game would skew those numbers, but 140 dropbacks, obviously very high through three games. And that's allowed all three of the Texans' top receivers, you know, Collins and Dell, and then also Robert Woods out of nowhere to see 20 targets apiece so far this season. Stroud's been really accurate, and I really love the way he's playing right now. You know, he's delivering a catchable ball over 70% of the time to all three of the receivers that I mentioned before. And the Texans are going to be competitive. And it's not just going to be like this fluke thing through these first three weeks where they're going to be competitive. They're going to be competitive all season. And in this game with the Steelers, with a high passing volume like we've seen, you know, Dell and Collins, they should be able to get it done for you as wide receiver threes with pretty good upside. Yeah, I would say so, man. Um, Pittsburgh has given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers running routes on the left perimeter. That's where Nico is lining up on a majority of his perimeter routes. So I have him ranked over Tank by one spot this week. They're sitting at 24 and 25. So both yeah. kind of low-end fringe wide receiver twos for me this week. Ranked over Tank. Um, that's <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Corlton Sutton, he's received pretty good usage the last two weeks with Judy in the fold, 27% and 29% target share, respectively. Uh, and now he gets a good matchup against the Bears on the left perimeter, where they're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So Sutton ranked, you know, he he runs almost 50% of his routes from that left side. So he's in a good spot this week. I have met wide receiver 27. I have Adam Thielen at 30, Zach. How are you feeling about yeah. him this week with Bryce Young back? Uh, not so good with Bryce Young. Uh, that was my problem. You know, looking at we we talked about him as a potential sell. I think it was two weeks ago, and that was after the Monday night game where they scored a touchdown late, and that 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 was it. You know, Adam Thielen's production came on that touchdown, and I said that he should be a sell. And then Andy Dalton comes in and he throws for hundreds of yards, and Adam Thielen <laughs> suddenly wide receiver one. And this is the second. This maybe maybe the more notable revenge game 
He's going against the Vikings here. No, I'm kidding. That's right. But That's right. Anyway, it's the Adam no. revenge game. Don't do- and- Zach, do not do not downplay this revenge game. Do not I, I do not huge. do it. Okay. This is huge this is game. huge. This is huge. Yeah. Okay. So you gotta upgrade. I'm moving Adam Thielen up in my rankings as we speak. Go ahead though, please. I'm it has sorry. to happen. <laughs> yeah, so the Adam Thielen revenge game, he's really the only reliable wide receiver for the Panthers through in fantasy through for, through the first three weeks. And Bryce Young's our quarterback again, so I think that ceiling has to come down a little bit. And it's another one of these like give and take things where we talked about, you know, like T Higgins, the matchup is good, but Joe Burrow might not be completely healthy here. It's the matchup's good, but the quarterback might not be that good because it's Bryce Young. But the matchup is good enough against the Vikings to make him a worthwhile start as a high end wide receiver three. They're allowing the third most fantasy points wide receivers overall this season. And something to keep in mind is that Thielen had a 26% target share last week, even with DJ Chark in the lineup who had 90% target share himself. That was with Andy Dalton at QB. We did hear reports coming in the season that Chark and Young, they had a strong connection in camp, and they'll be on the field for the first time together together this season, DJ Chark and Bryce Young. Not saying it's going to happen, but it looks like there's a chance that DJ Chark could have a higher target share than he did last week coming off of that injury and Bryce Young at quarterback. I don't want to pump the brakes too hard here on Adam Thielen because, like we said, it's his revenge game, but it's something to keep in mind because we know DJ Chark, he was lighting it up in camp with Bryce Young. I have Terry McLaurin at 33. He could see a lot of Darius Slay in this game, but he's had success against Slay in the past, so I'm not super worried about that. The Eagles have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers, the eighth most to perimeter wide receivers, and they've been just vulnerable all over the field. So I'm not like super concerned about McLaurin this week, but what I am concerned about is his overall target volume. Right, he hasn't received that elite target share this year. Um, you know, the the ball is kind of being spread around a little bit too much. Um, that's that's the thing that's concerning about McLaurin not getting that like you know t- those ten plus target games that you would want an elite wide receiver like McLaurin to get. Right, and, and part of that I think comes with Sam Howell, you know, being a quarterback, and he's only making it. I think it was his fourth start. And last week it was just abysmal, you know, obviously against the Bills. He couldn't get anything done in the game, in the passing game. Sam Howell had four turnovers. Like, that's not what you want to see from your quarterback. But outside of that, like Terry McLaurin, he's been sitting in that range. I think he can get it done for you as a wide receiver three. But you mentioned it, like the target share isn't there for, have, for him to have those boom games. And that ceiling is something that he doesn't have right now. And honestly, I don't think he really had this whole time coming into the season because Jahan Dotson's there and it looks like they want to use the ground game with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, even though Brian Robinson is dominating that. Like it doesn't look like they want to put too much on Sam Howell's shoulders. So that target share isn't there. It's not a ridiculously high passing volume, but he's also distributing the ball. I'm not thinking that Terry McLaurin is going to be like a common uh, finish. He's going to finish commonly inside the top 24. And that's just like disappointing because we know the type of receiver he is and he's dealt with, you know, tough QB play his whole career. So we'll probably be left hanging still for the next couple of weeks at least. I think it can get better. I think if Sam Howell, you know, starts picking up a little bit, gets more comfortable in the offense, Terry McLaurin can start to see those target shares, but it's not going to happen soon. By the way, our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one app. I know you have accounts on all these different betting apps, You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not, and you lose track of where you place certain bets and all that. It gets confusing, but not anymore. Not with Better Vision. All of your bets tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. 
And most of you do that anyway. You know, you like a play, you look through all your apps for the best odds, and then you play on that app. But why not have a side-by-side -side comparison all on one screen within one app, right? And then you just click on the bet you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. So go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or just go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. Now, there are a few matchups that I'm not super thrilled about at wide receiver. Zay Flowers is one of them against Cleveland. You know, they, they've given up the least fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Michael Pittman uh, doesn't have the, the best matchup either. He will get the volume, though, most likely. Um, but the Rams have been pretty stout on the outside, giving up the fifth least fantasy points to wide receivers so far through three games. But that being said, I'm still starting him as a wide receiver, too. Okay. George Pickens, don't love his matchup. The Texans have given up the seventh least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers so far this year. DeAndre Hopkins, I really don't want to play him <laughs> against Cincy. <laughs> you know, who, they've given up the third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Um, out of those options, uh, I'm going to take Michael Pippen out of this because I'm assuming that would be your answer. Who is the guy that you would most likely play out of this group between Zay Flowers, George Pickens, and DeAndre Hopkins? It has to be Zay Flowers for me. And I'm a big Zay Flowers fan. Um, he's getting the target share. And Michael, the Michael Pittman obviously would have been my pick. He's getting the target share. But Zay Flowers is the one that's getting the most consistent target share here. And I talked about George Pickens, I think it was on Wednesday's episode, about selling him because the target share is there right now, but he's still not doing like a ton with it. And it, a lot of his production came on one touchdown this past week. So I'm not in on George Pickens. I don't think that the offense is as good as you know the Ravens can be, especially with Zay Flowers. He's pretty much the guy there. Rashad Bateman and Odo Beckham are both banged up, so he's going to be getting the targets. If not the, as the number two, he could be the number one option in this offense, the way that he's been getting targeted from Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews working his way back. And DeAndre Hopkins, I'm just really not interested in also. You know, I agree with you here because it's just been an injury saga so far, and it looks like it's hampering him to this point, and it doesn't help having Ryan Tannehill at quarterback it's going to keep your ceiling pretty low as a receiver. So I'm going with Zay Flowers pretty easily here, even though it is a tough matchup against Cleveland. I, I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, and you can check out the rest of our wide receiver rankings and all of our other positional and flex rankings on our website at upperhandfantasy.com. Let's go to tight ends now. I had Luke Musgrave in my top 10 from last night. That obviously didn't work out. You know, left the game in the first half with the concussion. Uh, but you have the usual suspects at the top. Mark Andrews does have a tough matchup against the Browns. Uh, I got a lot of questions about whether to bench him for Laporta. Laporta didn't have this amazing game, but he had a decent game last night considering the game script. Uh, but now you have kind of hope that if you, if you played Andrews, that hopefully he could have a better game. But tough matchup against the Browns, but I'm, I'm, I'm not considering benching him or anything like that. Okay, uh, I have Kittle at four, Waller at five against Seattle. I think this could be a game for Waller, finally. Would you agree? Like, Is this a game yeah. where Waller, this could be his coming out party a little bit? Yeah, it, it has to be. I mean, you look at the defenses he's played. Like I mentioned, the Cowboys, where they put up zero points, the Giants offense as a whole. Then they played against 49ers, 12 points. And we just know that the 49ers are a good defense. And in the one game where he, it was a negative game script, obviously, coming back against the Cardinals, he finished as a tight end four on the week. So I'm not worried about, uh, what's his name, Darren Waller here. I think that this is the first true, like maybe competitive game that we could see where it's not like some skewed game script and we're not sure what we're going to get from Darren Waller. I think we could finally see him in a competitive game. I think the target share is going to be there. Like if he gets seven or eight targets, I'm, I'm happy because you're not going to get a whole lot of that across the rest of the tight end landscape. 
I hear that, man. Okay, so I had Laporta at six, uh, Ingram, Evan Ingram at seven, Goddard at nine. I skipped over Luke Musgrave, who I had at eight. Uh, and then it gets really iffy, right? At that point, yeah. I have a Hunter Henry at 10, Jake Ferguson at 11. By the way, Ferguson leading all tight ends in 15 plus yard targets and red zone targets combined okay so something to look out for especially in a position where like you just want some big plays maybe you just want like a like a touchdown that sort of thing i think jake ferguson is a decent bet you know you watch the cowboys you're a big cowboys fan like jake ferguson's pretty startable what isn't he yeah he's startable 100 but it's funny because like I was going to take a moment to shit on Jake Ferguson here a little bit because you know, I'm not a humongous <laughs> fan of his matchup. It's fine, but I okay. hear you. Like, for getting it done in terms of just put him in your lineup and not think about it because there's nobody else that you're really going to you know, trust in this <laughs> right, all, right. In, on your team, like Jake Ferguson's going to get it done. But for me, I just look at the Patriots. They've allowed just four points per game to tight ends through three weeks, and he's got a 19% target share. He does, you know, Jake Ferguson, according to Fantasy Life. But – he has been able to capitalize on that volume really much. You know, there hasn't been, um, he had the one touchdown. I think it was in week two against the Jets, but he's posting just a 58% catch rate, three drops through three games. Dak Prescott's dropping back at just the 18th highest rate in the NFL. It's just right in the middle. It's a far cry from what we thought we might see. And a pass first offense, it hasn't really been that this season. So they've been able to push the ball downfield. They're not scoring the touchdowns. And that's where the upside came from. That's what we were looking at, you know, in terms of, Will Jake Ferguson be able to break into that upper echelon of, of tight ends? He hasn't been able to do that yet. And the Cowboys still have no receiving touchdowns from receivers, wide receivers. So you got to believe that they're going to be trying to get the ball into their hands a little bit more. C.D. Lamb in the red zone. I think Jake Ferguson, he's a fine start, but I'm not looking for a whole lot of upside here. I think having him at 11, that might be his ceiling this week. Yeah, okay, I hear you. Uh, it's interesting because, like like you mentioned, he's getting a high target share. But he's not getting the route participation, not anything anywhere close to a full route participation, but he's still getting the target share. So it seems like when he's on the field, we talked about Dak loving his tight ends on a oh, yeah. target per route run rate. Real. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Jake Ferguson is getting a, a high target per route run rate right now. So if he gets more route participation, like if he gets up to like 80%, he could easily be a top 10 tight end the rest of the way. Um, so Absolutely. we'll see if that ends up happening. I think it can. Now, Kyle Pitts is at 12 you know, he has a great matchup against the Jaguars. His usage is iffy. But the good thing is last week he had a 24% target share. The bad news is that he only had 56% of his targets deemed catchable, okay, from Desmond Ritter. Who would you rather play this week if you had the choice between Pitts and Ferguson? Between Pitts and Ferguson? I, th I think I'm going to go with Pitts just because the usage okay. is there. Yeah, I'm, I am I, I'm not officially – I'm officially moving Pitts up my rankings, and I'm switching these two. I appreciate I, I, the uh, – I, I Analysis yeah, there. The, the insight. I, I just think yeah. he has to be there. The volume is much better with Kyle Pitts, even though, you know, maybe the targets, the accuracy of the targets, the quality of the targets he's getting, not fantastic. We've seen how many um, shots of Kyle Pitts running downfield and the ball just sailing over his head or falling way short. But I think at some point he's going to have some form of encouraging, you know, upside here. I think that he could cash in this week. All right. Sounds good. Um, I got fired with a 13. Really crapshoot towards the end of this list, but you have a tight end, you know, that, you know, do you have any flyers at tight end that you could potentially throw in, like, if you're really desperate? Yeah, I, I think Chica Conquo against Cincinnati, you know, could be a potential throw in here. He's fallen short first few games of the season, but he's got a solid matchup against the Bengals. They're allowing the six most fancy points to tight ends. Conquo, he has a 17% target share in each of the past two games. But what has my attention this week is Traylon Burks. He has a little bit of a knee injury right now, and I'm not sure if that's going to hold him out, but 
there's a chance that he could be limited or maybe not even play. He had a 26% target share last week, and there's a chance that the Titans fall behind and have to play catch-up against the Bengals, which if Joe Burrow gets things cooking, you know, that could be the case. They might have to use Oconquo in the passing game to try and play catch-up. Now, the Titans aren't going to be able to afford to use Oconquo in the short game like they have the past couple of weeks. Um, he has just 3% air yard share over the past two weeks if they do go down. And I think he can capitalize on that with potentially increased opportunity if Traylon Burks is out. Obviously a desperation play, but just somebody that's in that crapshoot range where if you're sitting there, maybe he's on your waiver wire and you don't have any tight end still. You've been streaming the whole season. I think he could be an option for you. All right. I kind of like that. You know, I do see that his route participation is like hovering between 60 and 75%. Not absolutely terrible, um, but on a per route run basis, he's, he's getting targeted. So if his route participation just goes up a little bit and they can get guys like Josh Wild and Trevin Wesco off the damn field and stop running <laughs> routes, maybe we can get right. some production out of a guy who is obviously super, uber, uber, duper talented on the field. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, Chico Conquer could become the number one wide receiver at some point this year. <laughs> like, that would be it great. It could happen, dude. It could happen. Who would have thought with DeAndre know. Hopkins on the team? That would be the I case. Know, I know. Will we see Will Levis yeah. anytime soon? Will we see any other quarterback? I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be Malik soon, man. I think we can see it. I think it can happen because I think they desperately need something. They need some sort of spark. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Again, you can check out our rankings at upperhandfantasy.com. That is going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review if you can. And uh, I will catch you on live on Instagram at upperhandfantasy at 1130 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday right before the games. Good luck this weekend. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>